Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Friday and happy Valentine's Day. You are loved by me. You are loved by Jesus who died for you. It is a great day to celebrate love, whether you are single, whether you are married, whether you're a parent, not a parent, whatever it is, all of us, uh, because God sent his only son to die for us, have access to the greatest love in the universe. And that is a reason to celebrate Valentine's Day. And in a much more superficial sense, you can eat chocolate and pasta and watch rom-coms. That's how I like to celebrate Valentine's Day. Actually, that's just kind of how I like to celebrate every Friday with my husband. So I hope that you enjoy doing that. Today, I am going to talk to my friend, Alex Clark. She is the host of Poplitics on IGTV, and we are going to have a fun, awesome conversation about what it's like to be a Christian conservative in the realm of pop culture and politics. Before we get into our conversation, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite sponsors, and that is Bolster Sleep. Uh, Bolster Sleep makes mattresses, makes pillows, all with a technology called Tencel that keeps you cool, that keeps you comfortable all night long. My husband and I both have Bolster Sleep pillows. We also have a Bolster Sleep mattress in our house, and we just love them all. They have held up so well over the past year, I think a year and a half that we've had them sleep with my Bolster pillow every night, and whenever I'm out of town, I don't don't sleep as well because my bolster sleep pillow is not with me. It keeps its form all night. It keeps cool all night. I just love it. It keeps my neck nice and aligned so my neck and my back don't hurt like they used to when I used feather pillows. You really have nothing to lose by going to bolstersleep.com. Check out their products. They're amazing. If you find yourself exhausted every morning, unless you're getting up every two hours with an infant like I used to about six months ago, then you might just be tired no matter what pillow you're using. But if you're exhausted every day and you don't know why, maybe it's your pillow. Maybe it's your mattress. So go to bolstersleep.com. Just check out the products that they have. You can use promo code Allie, that's A-L-L-I-E, and that's 15% off your entire purchase. That's amazing. That's a really good deal. So promo code Allie, A-L-L-I-E, at bolstersleep.com, 15% off your entire purchase, no matter what you get. So you have nothing to lose. Make sure you go, you make sure you go to bolstersleep.com, promo code Allie. Okay, now, without further ado, here is Alex Clark. Alex, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here, Ali. I feel like I I want to say that I am your biggest fan, um, oh, but I, I'm sure there are other hardcore people out there. But I seriously, I love bringing up your podcast. And even before I worked for Turning Point and I was in radio, I would constantly talk about how people needed to watch Relatable. And it's kind of become my sneaky way of seeing who's a real one. So <laughs> that I will is tell you so sweet. I will tell you this story. Um, I was in church small group and I casually brought up your podcast and how people needed to listen to Relatable just to see how people would react. I told him like that it was a conservative Christian podcast yeah. just so I could see, okay, who's here that's real and who's here that's not? Yeah. How did that turn out? Did people have reactions for you? Or were they like, oh, this is way too intense for me? There were some people that were like, oh, it's a conservative podcast. I'm not sure. Some of the girls ended up listening. And now I know that they're huge fans of yours Aww. and they they love the podcast. So I was like, cool. So yeah. I, I'm 
I've always been a fan. Well, that means so much to me. You really are one of those people that is such a good encourager. And that is really unique in this industry, especially among women. A lot of women feel like, okay, if I promote someone else or I promote another podcast, that's going to take attention away from me. And it can kind of be this like dog eat dog place. But all it takes is one person like you or like me or like anyone else who's not afraid to promote someone else or encourage someone else to kind of break that really toxic mentality that a lot of people have. So thank you for being that way, for just being willing to encourage other people and to promote other people when they have things that you believe in. Not everyone is like that. Um, okay, Thank you. now tell everyone who may not know, although I think a lot of people, maybe everyone who listens to my podcast know exactly knows exactly who you are, but just in case, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Alex Clark, and I work for Turning Point USA. I have a daily show called Poplitics, um, and we cover pop culture from a conservative perspective. It's a really short show that is on Instagram at Poplitics, and it's like the top three pop culture or entertainment news stories in under five minutes, typically. And it just is like if if Fox News and TMZ had a baby. That's kind of how I describe the show. <laughs> yes, it's pop culture without the propaganda, right? That's right. Is that That's what it is? right. You guys have branded so well. I know this is, maybe this is not a part of a conversation that everyone in the audience is interested in, but I daily am amazed by how well Poplitics is branded and just how well it's run. Not only is the name Poplitics really clever, pop culture without the propaganda, like that was just able to kind of come to the top of my head because it's so catchy. Conservatee, like T-E-A, <laughs> just in case there are some people that don't know the slang, uh, T is like gossip, right? It's like news right. that you want to tell someone. So you spell the conservative, uh, cute servatives. That's another name that you've kind of branded. It's all so perfect. It goes with your specific personal brand so well. And I just think you are owning this space in a way that I haven't seen anyone else do. Are you having so much fun? Thank you for saying that. That is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted this show. I didn't want it to just be a show. Um, I wanted it to be a family. And that's like the biggest thing is, so I call fans of the show cute conservatives because we're conservative and we're cute and we like fashion and we like celebrity <laughs> news and we like beauty. And I, I just felt like you're right. Nobody at all was tackling this. Um, and actually, before I started working for Turning Point, I was in radio for seven years. And at the tail end of that, I was talking to some people behind the scenes, just some friends of mine in radio. And I was telling them how I am feeling, first of all, extremely convicted by a lot of the things that they were having me do as a requirement. Um, two weeks before I quit, I had to host a gender fluid pride event um, where uh, a trans woman went up and talked about how even though she had a didn't have a uterus, she felt like she could she could imagine what it felt like all of the crackdowns on abortion laws oh. that were happening under the Trump administration. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is insane. It's so funny how they always say no uterus, no opinion, but then you have a trans woman up there, which was, you know, someone biologically born a man now saying that they're a woman saying like, but I can imagine what, you know, it's like to tell for someone to tell you that you shouldn't have an abortion. And I'm very upset. And then they all applauded, but right. I was at this event and I was just like, there is no way that I can continue going to these. Um, I, I have to do something else. And so I was asking people, I was like, you know, what would you think about a girl that had a conservative show that was con a conservative host, but was covering pop culture? Do you think that in the conservative space it would take off? And every single person told me no. Oh, really? They, oh, I thought yeah, you were going to say yes. 
every single person told me no. They said, you know, un- unfortunately, Alex, like that's the left thing. Um, there's a reason why it doesn't exist in conservatism because conservatives don't like that content. They don't care about pop culture. They're not interested. And I just was listening to this feedback and I was like, but I'm a conservative yeah. and I like this content. And you can't be the so only one. Exactly. And I, I didn't think that I was. And so and I was thinking about my group of girlfriends and, and the type of, you know, we all love watching the Kardashians and, and keeping up with E! News and all these different things. But we're still excited to vote for Trump. And like, I don't I just I didn't believe that that was true. Um, and so I was like really praying on it. And I was just thinking, God, I, I really want to get out of this. Our, a few months earlier, we had also as a station sponsored the Women's March. And I had raised concerns about that to my boss. And she basically told me like, you don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing w- wrong with the Women's March. It's not political. It's women's rights. Wow. And even though I gave her a whole slew of information <laughs> about how it's anti-Semitic and all the problems with the Women's March, how they're, you know, anti-pro-life, yeah. um, definitely if you're conservative and try to march, you know, they would freak out. So I was showing her all of these different articles and things about it. And, um, she was like, well, we're going to do it anyway. I don't care. And I was just so sick of it. And, um, I was really praying. I was like, God, I need to get out of here, but nobody believe nobody's believing in this idea that I have. And I have no idea how to start it. I mean, I knew that I could just quit and start a podcast, but then I would have been out, out of income. Yeah, right. And how do you how do you do that? It's really it's impossible unless you just have a lot of cash on reserve uh, to yeah. pay people. It's really not as easy as people think sitting in front of a microphone, being able to produce an entire podcast on your own. So you would have had to hire people. And how are you supposed to do that? So you're right. You probably felt kind of stuck for a little bit. Exactly. And right when I started thinking that, I am not kidding you. And I, and I talked about, I've talked about this in, in a speech before, but I was on my knees the night before praying. I was like, God, please, I know, I know that I'm onto something. Um, and if it's your will, just please provide me with an opportunity. The next day, I had a DM on my Instagram from Turning Point USA saying, Hey, Alex, we're huge fans of your work you know, what do you, would you ever want to talk to us? We, we are, we're kind of want to talk to you about like combining pop culture and conservatism in one way Wow. or in some way. Yeah. And I freaked out. I called my mom and dad. I was like, you guys are uh, <laughs> so I, and you've out- been a huge pan- uh, fan of turning point for a while. You've been going to their uh, events and following them for a long time, right? Yes. I, and, and so I was just a fan. I had gone to YWS, our Young Women's Leadership Summit, the summer before for the first time. Just, I mean, I wasn't there as a special guest or anything. I just went as a normal guest. Right. I had roommates with other young girls. They were all younger than me because I'm about to turn 27 in a couple weeks. And so all the girls in my room were like 19 or 20. But I had so much fun because I was hanging out with other young conservative girls, made so many friends. Aww. And I um, was so excited when they reached out to me. So they flew me out to Phoenix at our headquarters. And um, they had the intention of just inviting me to speak at events. They knew that I was a a girl in radio, that I was co-hosting a morning show in pop radio. They thought, you know, I'm openly conservative. I would be fun to have speak at things, but they didn't think that I would necessarily leave radio. And so- I took the opportunity as soon as I could. I said, just so you guys know, I would totally leave where I'm at to work for you. And I just said that. And that's you're like, oh, really? Um, and then that got the ball rolling to come up with the idea for my show, Politics. Oh, my goodness. And it just kind of happened. Did it feel surreal when the process was going on of you leaving and coming up with a show, which really is the intersection that you have been praying to be able to occupy 
it, it still doesn't feel real at all to me. I think about that all the time. Like, this is what I dreamed about doing and wondered, like, how could I ever do it? And when we were even building the show, I kept wanting to look at other shows. What's another podcast I could listen to just to see how they kind of did it? What's another show? And I was like, it doesn't, there's nothing. So I'm going into this blind. I left, you know, my entire life behind. I was living in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's where I was co-hosting my morning show. My friends are there. My family is there. Um, At the time I was dating someone there and I left everything to take this job, to do a show that I had no idea if it would work because nobody had ever done it. And um, so we launched a few months ago in October of 2019. So I've been doing it for a few months and the, and the uptrend and the growth has been phenomenal. So Turning Point's really excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just still trucking. And you know how it is when you're building something for the first time is just praying and trying to stay patient and having good expectations for like how many followers you should be gaining and, yeah. you know, views and downloads for shows and all that kind of stuff. So right now it's, it's going really well and I'm just good. praying that it'll continue. Okay. Let's back up a little bit because there are some lessons that I want to draw out from your story that I think are really applicable to a lot of people that are in our same life stage. So you worked for this uh, radio program and you were unapologetically and outspokenly conservative while you were there knowing that your boss and other people didn't agree with you, correct? Now, was that uh, true throughout your time there or was it closer to the end that you found the boldness to be able to speak up or how, how were you able to find that courage? Well, I was a public figure and I I had already before that job, I had, I was on a different morning show. Okay. Um, and I was also right before I took this job on a dating show. And on that, I was openly conservative. So I okay. knew that just Googling me, everyone would see that I was conservative. And so in the interview process for this, for this most recent job in radio, I said, just so you guys know, me being conservative, being a Christian, I'm outspoken about it. It's all over my social media. It's all over my Twitter. If that is going to be a problem, I don't want to work here. Right. At the time, they said, it's not a problem. We like that you're different. We think that you're going to speak to a certain part of the audience and they're going to appreciate having someone that represents them on the show. And they were super supportive. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it. This is so great. Yeah. Over time, different managers coming in and out of the building, some were, no one agreed with me. There was no one conservative. I was the only conservative in the building. Mm -hmm. However, I had certain managers that still understood why it was important that I did speak to an audience. They cared more about that and understanding that big picture than they did about their own personal views. I had other managers who had a straight up vendetta that I know wanted to try to get me fired because of it. But I kept on There were so many closed door meetings. I kept on fighting. There were tears of me being like, I'm not even saying anything that that's, you know, that is that controversial. Um, I remember we, we did a bit on the morning show one morning where we were just trying, I mean, most of what we did was not very serious. It's a morning show on pop radio. So, you know, stupid cheating stories and stuff like that. That's what we're covering. But there was one morning where we had the intention of it being funny, like what fork in the road are you at in your life? And I was thinking someone's, someone's going to call and saying, I don't know if I should get my belly button pierced or not. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. A girl calls in and says, I am debating on whether or not I should have an abortion. Wow. Well, everyone on my show looks at me because they know that I'm a pro-life conservative. They're like, oh, I mean, my producer is like, he's very excited because he's a producer. So he's like, I don't care what's going on. I just want it to be entertaining. So he's looking at me like, yes, go, you know, wow. really go off on this. And so I just said, um, I think I had said, um, 
you know, I, I had to be really careful because we, that is like the one subject, you know, they, they're like morning drive listeners do not want to hear a a debate about abortion. But I was just trying to be really loving and really kind. And I just said, you know, I think that, that I know that you're, you're worried right now. I know that there are so many women that are listening that would love to help you out with your baby or would love to adopt your baby. I said, I think God has a plan for you and your baby. I would love for you to reconsider. Um, I, I, I said, can I pray for you for a second on the air? And so I did that. I, and, Wow. And that was just like, I remember getting so many messages. My work was like, you, it wasn't horrible, but <laughs> just try to stay away from that content. Yeah. Um, you know, try not to get into that predicament again. And I was just like, okay, but I knew that it was more important. I, I knew that it was good that that had happened. And I had gotten so many messages from other pro-life people like, I can't believe that you just did that on, on the radio. That was incredible. And then we had had a, there was a, a local school shooting in Indianapolis and, and we heard about it while we were live. We were actually at a live broadcast. And when that had happened, I said, let's stop and let's pray over the air. And so these things started happening where I think that my work was getting nervous that it could because pop radio is never supposed to get religious or political. And my work was getting nervous that I was getting untamed. Yeah. I'm praying on the air, yeah. you know, heaven forbid. So th- they were getting nervous about that. And um, it felt like I could feel the tension building of them constantly being nervous. And there had, it had gotten to a point where I had just casually said like, oh yeah, I'm an NRA member at one point on the air. And some woman had contacted the FCC, the federal communications. Oh my gosh. To say that I should be taken off the air because she said that I was a danger to society and that she was afraid to listen to our show with kids in the car. And so my (laughs) gosh. When you contact the FCC like that and report a television show, report a live broadcast or a radio show, they are required to look into that. Take the, you know, take the tape, listen to the audio, see if you actually did violate an FCC regulation, which that uh, an FCC, you know, think about Gina Jackson's boob traversy yeah. way back in the Super Bowl. That's an FCC violation yeah. saying, you know, um, a, a swear word on the air. That is an FCC violation. Me saying and I'm an, I'm an NRA member was not, but they had to look into it. And so I just felt like I always felt like I was towing the line of I'm going to get, you know, I could get fired just for being openly conservative. But I just kept feeling like it was too important not to try to sneak in those values and those views when I could. And I think that's kind of where a lot of Christians have increasingly realized they are in their workplace or in life or even on social media is that the issues that are at stake are so fundamental, are so really pivotal that it's it's not time for us to be apathetic anymore. It's not time for Christians to say, you know what, I'm just not going to speak to what's happening in culture or in politics, in government, in the social sphere, whatever it is. Uh, it's not time for me to be complacent and to be submissive about this. It's time for me to be able to, one, inform my views with the word of God, and then from there be bold enough to say what they are. And of course, we don't take any credit for that, but I would say especially in your life and your test, testimony, it is a testament to the power of the Holy Spirit uh, pushing on you and saying, you know what? Like you said, this is too important for you to stay quiet. And how amazing that he also provided you with the opportunity to be able to do this for a living. Were you scared at all to be able to leave what you knew and go to a completely different state where you didn't know anyone? 
oh, I was so scared. And I, and I, you know, struggle with that even now. I've only been out here for a few months. So it's like, besides who I work with, I don't know anyone. I, you know, it's, it's, I'm working really hard and by, we know how it is as an adult moving somewhere and trying to make friends as an adult is, yeah, is really so hard. hard. Um, and so it's just like, by the end of the day, I'm like, I have no time. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I want to, you know, eat dinner and then I'm preparing the script for the next day show. And it's just like, I don't have time to go out. So I definitely look forward to our turning point events and things like that, where I can hang out with friends, where we all go to the same events, because otherwise I feel like, you know, I don't have anyone like here, all my friends are back home. And so, um, that is something that I definitely was scared of. And I think it's also been frustrating because you know, the hate and things that we deal with, like yeah. it's not only being public figures, but put yourself as a pub public figure in the conservative movement. You've got a whole, you've got a whole nother group of haters. And mm -hmm. one thing that has been so frustrated and I, and I've called my parents crying about this and my friends and just when they're like, what's going on, what are you struggling with? And I'm like, it is so insulting to me and frustrating to me seeing comments online saying like, well, Alex just took this job at turning point because she wants to be famous. Yeah. She's just trying to get oh, his social media followers. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. If all I cared about was gaining social media followers or, or something, I could have just sat down and shut up where I was and just right. done a stupid radio show and just continued to, you know, grow, market jump, let that job go to a bigger city, be on a bigger show. Like that was the plan. Yeah. And I could have stayed on that tra trajectory, but I cared so much about this in the direction that our country was going. And I knew that we had an election year coming up coming up. And I felt so convicted of like, I'm getting, you know, Cl the clamp put down on me more and more of what I can yeah. and can't say. And we got an election year. Right. And, and so that's why I left. That's why I took this job to do, you know, a show that I had no idea if it would work. And so that yeah. is, is something hard too, that it, I struggle with. It is so hard. And that criticism, it's like, it's like the call is coming from inside the house. That criticism sometimes comes from fellow conservatives, even yes. people in the media world. And it really is. I know this sounds kind of catty to say, and I don't mean it like that, but it so often comes from a place of insecurity and jealousy and even just confusion. People who don't really know what you're about, they're still wondering, is it possible to be able to meld something like politics and pop culture and conservatism? And right. for whatever reason, not to cry sexist or something. But for whatever reason, seeing uh, a young woman uh, stand out and stand on the front lines of politics or culture or whatever it is, and to be bold in her stances, it can rub some people the wrong way, certainly outside of conservatism, but even within conservatism. Some people saying, well, it has to be done this way. We can only talk about these topics. And if someone is young and someone is a female or someone is pretty or someone is doing things in a way that I don't like, it must just be for a attention. They must be vapid. They must be fake. Someone must be writing their lines for them. I mean, and I've just realized that's going to continue. And I used to hold on to that like when I first started and wanted to prove myself and prove, you know, like I've got more uh, substance and wisdom than you give me credit for. And then I just realized you know what? Keeping my head down and working hard, those people, sorry, but they end up being footnotes on the book that you're going to write one day. They don't matter. So that's just my encouragement to you is that that, that is going to continue, um, especially as you grow especially as you grow, people don't like, unfortunately, to see other people succeed. They'll make up all kinds of excuses because making up excuses for themselves or making up excuses for you gives them an excuse for themselves of why they're not as, you know, bold or successful as you are. So anyway, well, just well, know what that you said. There. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. That means so much too. I um, what you said about the call coming from inside the house is so pertinent because um, you know some of the which very few, but there are a handful of conservatives that hate this show they, that I'm doing. They they don't understand it, and they've said, "Where's the substance? You know, why am I not talking about black unemployment constantly?" It's like oh they're, they're like, "Why are we covering this? Conservatives shouldn't be in this space. Why in the world would there be a conservative pop culture show? Like, look at how depraved Hollywood is." Look, look at what, you know, what pop culture is, it's terrible, their values. And, you know, you had Michelle Williams talking about why she was so proud she had an abortion. She was able to get where she is as an actress. Like, they're like, why would you celebrate that? And it's like, I'm not, I mean, some things I like that are in pop culture. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm celebrating it. And I'm applauding it. Kim Kardashian yesterday, uh, I talked about in my show how yeah. she stood up for the president when uh, ABC tried to do a gotcha moment on her and was like, aren't you upset that in his Super Bowl commercial, he didn't shout you out for Alice Marie Johnson, you know, g getting released from prison or whatever. And she was just like, no, it's not about me. And so, yeah, I celebrated that. But I also, the purpose of my show is to call out the depravity and to, and to and have a conservative speaking to and answering to some of these things that happen, like Cardi B endorsing Bernie Sanders. Well, why is she doing that? Why is she wrong? Like Taylor Swift talking about why, you know, Marsha Blackburn supposedly right. a snake. Why is she wrong? Like there needs to be someone, which you do that too. On your show, you cover culture a lot, which is why I love listening to Relatable. And so it's like, we do need conservatives giving answers because you know what happens is that, especially with young conservatives, I mean, this happens in all age groups, but we get in our friend groups, we're at school, we're, we're at work and everyone's talking about whatever's trending. Yeah. So you're you're sitting in the break room and everyone's talking about the Taylor Swift documentary or whatever. And no like you need to be able to stand up and answer exactly. to what they're talking about from a conservative perspective. And so I hope that my show in a way arms people with that knowledge when it comes to whatever the top story is of the day on a pop culture side because you know what it is is that not everyone, you're not going to be able to convert someone into being conservative just all of a sudden with like a super serious, heavy, hard news podcast or news segment or whatever. Like you can send them a Tucker Carlson monologue and, you know, yeah. maybe that will open their eyes. But a lot of times the way people work when it, it, it and even with getting someone to to um, be interested in, in thinking more about Christianity, too. Yeah is sometimes it's slower and you're, 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 you're feeding them things a little bit here and there not to overwhelm them. And I always explain my show is like, you can say it's cotton candy conservatism, but th this is like, look, I reel them in. I get them thinking like, wait, I've never heard a conservative talking yeah. point that way because they're willing to listen to a story about Kim Kardashian yeah. first. And then I sprinkle in something later that kind of changes their mind. So it's like, I'm reeling them in. And then we, you know what we do? We send them to Allie and we send them to Relatable. And then you do the full conversion. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I do agree with you that the number one thing that young people, that people our age ask about and ask me to cover and obviously ask you to cover too is, well, what do you think about the Taylor Swift documentary? Did you see what Cardi B said? Or did you see what uh, that Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, their child is transgender? What do you think about that? So conservatives, like you said at the very beginning of this podcast episode, even though they are not celebrating all the choices that these celebrities are making, they're still following them. They're still listening to them. They're still 
even in the closet, fans of these people. And they want to see someone on their side be able to rebut the popular messages that these celebrities are giving. And there's another reason, too, why I think it's important that you do what you do. So the people that listen to uh, Taylor Swift, they listen to what she has to say that, you know, uh, Marsha Blackburn and basically all of Republicans are these, uh, you know, they're Trump with a wig on. They're basically these people that want to take women back to the 1950s and they're just against women and against progress and all of that. So if you're a young woman who doesn't know anything about politics, you just watch Taylor Swift, you probably picture all Republicans and all conservatives as these mean, old, rich men that don't care about you, that don't have your interests at heart. And you assume that everyone who looks like Taylor Swift or who likes Taylor Swift has the same opinion. So you automatically categorize yourself uh, in that, in the Taylor Swift politics category, whatever that is. You assume that there's no one like you or no one who looks like you or sounds like you or likes the things that you do that could possibly have another opinion. But when they see someone like you be a conservative, they're like, oh, so it's not just these rich old white men that are out of touch, not saying that there's anything wrong with being a rich old white man, but that's how they're thinking. Oh, they can't relate to me, but they see someone like you who has the same concerns, the same interests, the same mentality in a lot of ways. And they might be more willing to hear someone like you, a fan of Taylor Swift, rebut the arguments that she made more so than they would, you know, watch Fox News. Right. And that's the thing, too, as I think that that leads to a little credibility that I have with people that are apolitical or on the left is that I'm not coming at it like Taylor Swift's the worst. Here's why she's wrong. Like I'm saying, like, no, I love Taylor Swift. I mean, she is uh, she's the background on my phone. Like (laughs) I, I am the biggest Swifty ever. So I'm coming at it like, look, I get it. I am also a fan of her. And here's why in a loving way, I'm going to explain why she's wrong. And and so I think that get, they're more likely to listen to like, oh, well, you're ju- you're a fan. Like you're not just trashing her, just a trasher. Like you actually do respect her and like her. I'm like, yes. But just like, and I, I, I get asked that question all the time. How can you, because everyone knows I'm a big Swifty. How can you be a fan of Taylor Swift and still be a Republican after how she talks about, you know, conservatives all the time? And I was just like, well, I have friends that are very left-leaning, but I still love them as a person. And I think of Taylor the same way. I still love her as a person, even though I disagree with how she votes. And that's what sets conservatives apart a lot of times is we are not the ones to cancel people out of our friend groups and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, let's, you know, we don't have to talk about politics, but like, I still want to be your friend because I love your heart. And it's just like, you know, liberals are never willing to do that for us. Yes. Well, I think what you do is so important and it really is a unique intersection when I was starting Relatable, I kind of had a same epiphany is that, yes, there's a lot of people that talk about politics. There's a lot of people that talk about the Bible. There's a lot of people talk that talk about culture, but there aren't very many young millennial women. I'm almost exactly a year older than you. I'm about to turn 28 next week. And there aren't very many people our age, especially women that are saying, well, here's what the Bible says and here's how it informs how we look at the world. So I looked at the landscape and I said, I don't see anyone doing that. Let me just try. And it can it can be scary, but I hope that our shows and the millions of other shows that are out there that are really good and give a lot of information, I hope they at least for a few people um, embolden them and at least let them know that they're that they're not alone, that there are people that view the world and view culture and view pop culture uh, the way that they do. That's right. You can join our cute conservative fam, Allie. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Tell everyone how they can join the cute conservative family. Tell them where to find you, what to follow, and all that good stuff. 
Okay, so just find us on Instagram. Type in at Poplitics, P-O-P-L-I-T-I-C-S. Um, you can also join if you want to like really find like-minded women, our cute servative Facebook group, which is a private group. I am super strict of who gets in. We really vet everyone to make sure there's no doxing. There's no uh, liberal trolls in there. Um, it's all just like-minded conservative women who love pop culture. And there's been meetups that have been starting around the country and people getting together on that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. And I really encourage everyone to go check that out and to follow you specifically. I think it's Real Alex Clark on Instagram. You can follow her on Twitter as well. She is a great follow. She is a big fan of President Trump, too. So if you <laughs> like Donald Trump and want news about Donald Trump, you should definitely follow her for that as well. Alex, thank you so much for coming on Relatable. Thank you, Allie, so much for having me.